Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. Another amazing weekend of sport is behind us. The South African netball ladies made the semi-finals of the Netball World Cup, but were unfortunately knocked out by Australia, and they went down to England in the battle for third place as well. Sadly, Norma Plummer's ladies will not come back from Liverpool with a medal, but they certainly did the country proud. It is by far their best performance at the showpiece, and it should set the platform for a strong showing at the 2023 World Cup, which we are hosting in Cape Town. Later on, that's about 2023, Algeria are now the African champions after they beat Senegal 1-0 in the Africa Cup of Nations final in Egypt to cap a wonderful tournament for them, led by their former player, Jamal Belmadi. They captured their second Afghan title following up on their win in 1990 when they hosted the tournament. Back here in South Africa, it seems as if the knives are out for Bafana Bafana coach Stuart Baxter, who many believe should vacate his post. The name on everyone's lips is, of course, Herve Renard, who confirmed his resignation from the Moroccan national team last week. We will see if the governing federation, Safa, have the funds to bring in the two-time Afghan winning coach, Personally, I would like to see those funds directed towards growing the women's game and guaranteeing fair, if not equal, wages for our Banyana Banyana players. Herve Renard was reportedly on an 80,000 euro per month salary, 80,000 euro per month salary, which translates to about 1.6 million rands a month. That is also double what Safa are said to be paying Stuart Baxter, whose contract expires in 2021. Baxter may have failed to meet his mandate to qualify for the 2018 FIFA World Cup, but he more than exceeded his mandate for the latest AFCON. Bafana Bafana qualified and made the quarterfinals, which was a stage better than Renard's Morocco. Now that's something for you to think about. Taking all of that into account and considering that every two years or so, the national team has to start from scratch because the coach has been fired. The prudent thing to do, in my view, is to keep Baxter in his post at least until his contract expires and review from there. This buys the team and the federation time to get their financial situation straight to build a stronger footballing ecosystem as well as a strong men's national team. But hey, I'm not the sharpest shank in the penitentiary, so plenty of people will definitely disagree with my view. But I'm okay with that, and I will move on to golf. An Irishman won a major in Northern Ireland over the past weekend capping the fairy tale dust we've been seeing in sports since England won their first Cricket World Cup at home. Shane Lowry weathered the storm quite literally to claim the British Open at Royal Portrush last Sunday, beating his nearest competitor, Tommy Fleetwood, by six shots. Now let me get to the main course, which is rugby and the Springboks. Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's Cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. 
To advertise on the Sports Live podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Now, I can't wait till I say this is the Sports Live podcast brought to you by, this is your name, your entity, your brand, right after the Sports Live podcast. That's smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Smiths. S-M-I-T-H-S at T-I-S-O-B-L-A-C-K-S-T-A-R dot C-O dot Z-A. Wow, the Springboks really capped off an unbelievable sporting weekend when they beat the Wallabies 35-17 at Ellis Park on Saturday. I was at the game and managed to get all the reaction from both coaches as well as one returning star, one Francois Stein. First up, Springbok coach Rassi Erasmus talking about the impact made by debutant scrum of Herschel Yanchis, who scored two tries and might have had a hat-trick, and the sudden traffic in his position ahead of the Rugby World Cup that was caused by replacement scrum Mikwobas Reynach, who scored the final Springbok touchdown. Now, you must remember that Fafti Klack is still the number one, number nine uh, for the Springboks. There's still Ambrose Papir, who started tests last year. There's still Ivan Fancel who also started tests last year. So we now have gone from pretty much zero when Rassi Erasmus took over and we've got five. Played for a while and I think that came through during the game. It was a stop-start game and certainly at, at stages it was a bit frustrating the way that the game went but there was individuals without a doubt you know, like, like Herschel and, and a few other guys that, that showed they, they, they're comfortable at this level and I guess that's definitely one of the things we wanted to see. So yeah, that, that's very pleasing. Yeah, listen, you don't want to praise the guy too much, but you, you can't do other than praise him for the way he played tonight. Because um, uh, I think if you take it straight from Super Rugby or where he was last year, Curry Cup Rugby, Super Rugby, and then two Test Match Rugby, and then just the way you know his service, his box kicks, the technical things, and then you know his, his, his grit on defence, and then the way he attacked, you know, it was, it was just awesome. So. Hopefully he can just grow from here. He certainly gives the confidence is high now, but the, the opposition will just be tougher and tougher and, and the World Cup lies ahead. So, But it's a great start for him, so he can be, be very proud of the of the performance. Oh, look, uh, 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 things change in a week very quickly, you know, uh, injury-wise and, and form-wise and those kind of things. So as we sit here tonight, we're, we're really happy. Last year at stages, we were really happy with the way uh, the other nines performed. If you take Ambrose against Scotland and, you know, even against England, you know, uh, uh, you know, they, we had to try a few things to see who's the right guys, who fits in. You know, who, who can adapt to the to the the way we want to play and do the different departments of the game, not just on on attack and defense. There's, there's so many different facets of the game, and we we had to try a few things to get where not where we are, we know where, but where we are today in terms of of squad depth, not not in performance and squad depth. And I, I think we we can we can say at least at nine we know. Who is available and who can do what, uh, and, and and that's a good sign. So yes, um, I think we, if, if you count Ambrose and Ivan and Luis Ria, they're all the guys we've tried. We exactly know now who we have, and now it's a matter of of consolidating and making sure that that when we when we hit the World Cup, all of those guys are fit and informed. For Wallaby coach Michael Checker, the match presented a different view. Replacement front rower Taniela Tupo was Sinbin during a crucial stage in the second half for a clean-out on Reynard Alstadt that was deemed illegal by New Zealand referee Paul Williams. This 
is Michael Checker reacting to how his team played as well as that controversial decision. Well, I thought we did a lot of the things that we've been preparing. Like you, you, you watch a game and see we we caused uh, we yeah we created opportunities where we scored two tries and both of them weren't given in the end. Um, and I think just the small yeah a lot of small things sort of went against us in that period as well that turned the momentum away. Uh, but I was I was um, happy that a lot of the things that we've been working on we were able to bring out there. I thought our defence was, I know you know, it was five tries, but our defence was good in a lot of the set the phase plays as well. Um, and uh, we've just got to learn how in that second half when uh, we didn't have a lot of the ball, we were just a bit loose with it when we did have it, and that gave the momentum back to the other team. Yeah, I make it as the wrong call. The other guy should have been setting this in bit. He went, uh, the fourth official said, he focused on the green player who came in with a shoulder charge. I don't know who it was. And then Taniella came in after that to get him with his arms wrapped at the right height. So I'm not sure if just big contact is a penalty these days, but that's a wrong decision. But one of my best moments of the game was seeing Lizoko Boka run out for his first Springbok cap, knowing his journey and what he had to do to get there and make it this far in rugby, including sleeping on the floor of an unfurnished flat, having no money for three months, just to get a trial with the EP Kings, just inspired me and should inspire everybody else that was watching the game. But the moment of the press conference definitely went to Franz Stein, who was stunningly candid and funny during his time with the members of the media. Now, let me quickly give my views on Franz Stein. When he came back into the Bockfold... He, since he last featured in the squad in 2017, I was highly, highly skeptical. I was not sure if his weight had improved, whether his ability and, dare I say, his drive was present. And I was not sure what questions he was going to answer within the squad. Was it fly half, inside center or fullback? Uh, I also felt that his image rights issues with SA Rugby, which are a constant sticking point when he's called up, were going to create an unnecessary distraction. Now, having said that, and having seen him in action, and seen his demeanor, let me say this, he is by far the best inside center option we have in the current crop, without a doubt. He is shades ahead of Andre Esterhazen and miles ahead of uh, Damien Dialanda, streets ahead of anybody else that can play 12 at the moment. And he is not even at peak physical shape. He is not even at the full understanding to his admission of what Rassi Erasmus wants from the squad. And I have to say this, he must start against the All Blacks in Wellington this weekend. Like I said, he is not at peak physical shape, but his physique can bend defenses out of shape, as he showed in the second half. On Saturday, off the field, he looks very relaxed, he looks mature, and he is enjoying being a South African and a Springbok again. It was refreshing, and it was a refreshing and a pleasant sight to see. But I want you to experience some of it yourself. This is Franz Stein talking quite passionately about screw-ups. No, it's easy to screw up, um, but I mean, for me personally, if you just keep trying um, to come out, I mean, I, I missed more kicks in finals, losing finals than winning finals, but that's part of rugby, that's part of the career, that's part of everything you do, and um, 
that's why it's so tough to win finals and to win championships. Um, it just doesn't come easily. Um, so, and the screw-ups is part, part of building character, part of, I mean, we've been, the, the Springboks have been through ups and downs, and, like, I don't know who's A or who's B team, but there's 14 guys overseas, and we still managed to beat Australia with five points. I mean, two years ago, who would have thought we would have been beaten Australia? I was sitting overseas, I wouldn't have said this. I mean, to be honest, even if I was in the squad, I mean, it's just unbelievable what Russia and, and the, the that SA Rugby and whatever that they did, and it's uh, unbelievably special for the players that's here at the moment um, to see a young guy like like um, all the I mean, everybody. I mean, I, I told told them earlier, like scoring two tries on your debut. But if you score one try on your debut, that's massive. Yeah. And scoring two, it's even even bigger. So um, yeah, it's. So don't wish that screw up onto me, please. <laughs> now, before I get to the special guest of the episode, and he is a very special guest, let me get into the formalities. Our upset and playmaker of the week. I will adjudicate this week's decision, but please don't bite my head off on Twitter. My upset of the week goes to Shane Lowry for dominating a field of in-form major winners to claim his first major title and win the British Open at Royal Portrush. He blew defending champion Brooks Kepka well out of the water. And my playmaker of the week goes to the Algeria national football team for being crowned AFCON champions. It wasn't the prettiest game against Senegal, but there is such a thing as winning ugly. Algeria certainly did that. But this is a country that toppled their long-standing dictator, Abdelaziz Bouteflika, earlier this year. And they've kept off a revolutionary year by becoming African champions. So it really, really, really means a lot to them. As their national team possess the spirit and heart of lions that they certainly are. Now my guest this week joined us over Skype. He's a man from Lusikisiki and was the co-captain of the 2009 SA7s team that won its first World 7 Series title under then-coach Paul True. He then joined the Southern Kings and played as an open-side flanker before hanging up his boots and joining the coaching ranks at Western Province and later Borland. He's now the coach of Belfast Rugby Club in Christchurch and has become one of the coaches inside the giant Crusaders coaching factory. Now you must remember that the Crusaders won their third straight Super Rugby title under Scott Robertson which was their 10th title overall in the history of the competition since it started in 1996. Now, that makes Scott Robertson, a young coach, relatively years-wise, coaching years-wise, a very, very successful coach, and he has to rank as one of the greats right up there with Robbie Deans, who, of course, won about five or six titles with the self-same Crusaders. Now, I spoke to... Um, Paul Mbiozo, who is our guest, a few weeks ago about his journey to New Zealand, his development as a coach, and learning his craft inside one of the best coaching systems in the world. I, I have to say, it's probably the best coaching system in the world. It's a fascinating conversation, and you will not want to be disturbed while you're listening to this. So, enjoy. Yeah, look, um, did you ever imagine that, you know, as a boy from Elusikisiki, that you'd end up in Christchurch as as a rugby coach? Um, 
Um, <laughs> no, look, no. I think, I think. Yeah, no, I, I can't say. I can't say. I have. I had. Yeah. I think it was. The whole move here was kind of a spare, not a spare, but woman's thing. It's wrong to say. So I came here. I came here last year uh, uh, on some on some personal development trip. You know, as a coach. So I came here last year, June. Uh, yeah, for months. So between June and July. So halfway through June to halfway through July. And 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 uh, yeah, you know, I just saw, I saw my, my mate uh, uh, Brad Moore. He's one of the Crusaders' assistants. Mm. So he linked, he linked me up with them. So you know, I got to sit down in their meetings and, and watch how they operate and how they do things. And that was a learning curve, you know, how to do things. And uh, you know, I walked around the schools, met some schools, spoke to coaches at schools, coaches at clubs. Uh, had just had generally some very very good conversations mm. with 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 people around it, and uh, but just pretty regular. What I find is that the willingness to share information, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and that was like, wow, man, this is good. So, uh, I remember sitting on the plane on the way back. Oh, my whole family came down and sitting on the plane on the way back. I was like, look, I said to my wife, I gotta come back here. Mm. Uh, I don't know how or what, uh, I gotta come back here. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we flew home, and I think about two months later or something like that, it was. Uh, um, it's an advertisement of a job, of a coaching coaching position. Yeah, I just put my name in there for shit and giggles. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, funny enough, uh, the the guy that uh, interviewed me, I met him. Uh, I met him one of the one of the, one of the club sessions, mm. and we had a great conversation. He's like, "Hey, man, we met and talk. Are you is it really you apply?" I said, "Yeah, it's me." You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, fast forward. I mean, a month later, uh, you know, my, my family nearly a year later actually. My family has moved. Um, we packed, well, packed our house up and, 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 and rented it out and moved our furniture over here. Kids are in school over here now and uh, we're settling. It's becoming a home. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Um, you know, uh, in Eastern Cape, man, down in Christchurch, uh, in the South Island of New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, look, it is. Yeah, it was never part of the plan. Um, but again, as I said, you know, it happened because I just had a good hunch about it when I was when I was here, and, and I figured it's it's a good place to learn. And yeah, learn a lot about myself. I think important is learn a lot about myself, and uh, not just rugby. You know, coming out of my comfort zone. You know, I played all my rugby at home. Um, you know, all the coaching I've done has been at home. Uh, and just coming out, coming out, you know, leaving your comfort zone and coming to try something very different. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, I, 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 you know, there was an option, an option at hand at home uh, to, to 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 take. And uh, and uh, and uh, you know what? And I, you know, it was very well considered. But you know, this this was the priority. This was this this we took this one. Uh, I think on the basis of I wanted to find out more about myself. As a person, person for most, and also as a coach, and and along the way, you know, it's not a bad place to come in rugby, you know, because now now I've got access to the best coaches and in, in, in super rugby, you know, uh, they, yeah. they allow me to come in and, and sit and listen and learn and ask questions, and they wanted to share uh, some info that they probably don't share with many people around the world, you know. So so you know, I'm in that position where where 
I can only grow. The worst that will happen is I'll, I'll grow as a person, I'll grow as a coach, you know, and, and learn some different ways of thinking and different ideas. Yeah. Uh, where was this uh, opportunity in South Africa? No, I just keep. No, I just. Because I wanted to um, ask you about that opportunities. You know, uh, I, my hope was that you didn't go to Belfast because the opportunities had actually run dry, which happens to a lot of um, you know, dare I say, black coaches. But you know, the opportunities yeah. are getting very, very limited. But how did you find opportunities back, back, back home? Um. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I guess, I guess wherever you go, well, maybe you know, there's only so many coaching positions. Yeah, uh, and 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 yeah, South Africa is no different. Even here, you know, uh, I mean, actually, I had a, check, a very good chat with uh, a guy called uh, Simon Nibone. Okay, he's like a specialist set piece coach. He has some scrums and lineups. That's his speciality. And he said to me, uh, you know, I've been, I've been coaching here. You know, for over, I don't know, 15 years, I think, since it. And I haven't really got an open, I haven't really got um, an opportunity to to, uh, to go higher, per se. You know? Yeah. And sometimes I sit and wonder if, you know, is this, is this, is this, is this, you know, is this what I want to do? Is this worth it? And he loves it. He said, I love it. But, you know, it's opportunity hasn't come yet. You know, and, and that's just the nature of the, of the game worldwide. Um, as far as far as I'm, as far as me is concerned, you know, I guess I was very lucky uh, when I stopped playing. When I stopped playing, actually, what happened was that uh, I played in the, in the George Sevens thingy, Kids of Chiefs, yeah. at some stage, and uh, twenty, I think it was twenty fourteen. I'm mistaken, yeah, I think so. And and Jerome Jerome Popote was there with the Kenyan team. Right. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he, he asked me what am I doing. I said, No, I'm just I'm playing. I'm going to Cape Town. I said. You know, he needs someone to help him coach. The, that's, that's when the, that's when Kenya first played. Um, first played or played in the Vodacom Cup, um, and I was like, "Yeah, look, I'm more than happy to come help." You know, if you don't mind, because Jerome obviously had a lot of jobs. You know, he was also part of province, so mm-hmm. I, I'll do whatever he, he asks of me uh, during the day, and he will come late in the afternoon. And, you know, you know, and, and obviously the head coach runs the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So, you know, I got to that stepping stone uh, um, through Jerome, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, it, we actually, by the way, we missed out, we missed out World Cup qualification by a point. Jeez. Which, which, yeah, which still, still irks me a little bit, but I don't really think about it. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could have been the World Cup, you um, could have gotten the World Cup in 2015, uh, if, 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 you know, if we, if we played, yeah, we've gotten the point, you know. <laughs> a point, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a yeah, tough yeah. luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating stuff. And um, you did you go and 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 uh, then pursue your 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 rugby badges after that? And how far up the the, the coaching levels did you go? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's the first thing you do, isn't it? Uh, I'm, uh, I've got my level three, world rugby level three coaching okay. uh, um, uh, badge. Um. Yeah, so that's I mean, obviously I, I, you know, I pursued level two, then got level three as well, and I came I came here last year. I did the international high performance course with the Crusaders. Mm. Um, yeah, the next step again. I, look, I think it was I think it was I think it was with these with these with these uh, coaching badges, just a badge really, you know, just a piece of paper. <laughs> you know, you don't you know 
you just need if you get an opportunity, you get an opportunity. If you don't, you don't. You yeah. Uh, and that's that's just the way it is. Um, and that's um, yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not demeaning it at all, but because uh, there's a lot of value in it, there's a lot of learnings in it. Uh, I know, I know. There's a level four over here in New Zealand, which which once once to sort of got my bearings of the landscape and, and okay. you know, who's who, you know, or something I'll probably pursue as well. Uh, really, just that, to, again, you learn something different. Just yeah, just to touch on that as well. Like I didn't know they had a level four. Is it their own unique course that is re- in higher uh, regard than the IRB or World Rugby Level Three? How does it how does it work? Well, they call it the equivalent of world rugby. It's the equivalent of level four world rugby. Okay. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same as, as world rugby level four, but they've got a, uh, um, something of something of same thing, something of the same equivalent. Uh, I know, I know, in the UK they offer level four. Um, mm. Yeah, again, it's something, something you know, again, I'd like to pursue because, again, you're just learning something different. You mm. know. You, uh, looking at things through a different lens, and if, if, if opportunity does pop by, I'll, I'll, I'll grab it and run away with it. Now yeah. that 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 09 team, um, one of my cousins is there, Tobel Amdaga. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like he was a player now. If you'd see him now, um, you know there was Mzwandi Lestiks. I think Neil Powell was part of that yeah. team as well, coached by Paul True. Yeah. How is yeah, it yeah. being part of the first SA Sevens team to actually uh, take Sevens from this peripheral version of the sport that everyone else is like, okay, yeah. It's nice, but the, no one actually thought it was the real thing. Everyone thought sevens is just for shits and giggles, for le- for lack of a, a better word. It was like like a modified version of touch rugby, really. That's how people saw, <laughs> <laughs> saw, saw sevens back then. But then suddenly, um, sevens just transforms, and, 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 and now we look to sevens for trophies. We look to sevens for Olympic medals. Commonwealth Games medals and 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 everything else. It's a it's a full fledged uh, rugby career. How was it back then? Ah, uh, look, uh, <laughs> back then it, was, it wasn't as fashionable as it is now. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, and um, you know, it was just um, we, we, so I, I came into the sevens two thousand six, end of two thousand six. And again, it just it was just a welcoming environment from the player playing perspective. Yeah, having been having been part of the Stormers sort of wider group training, part of Western Province, you know, it was like a you know you felt welcome. Um, and the one thing about it, one thing about it is that you, everyone that came in there, you sort of you weeded yourself out. So what I mean by that is that you you there was so much hard work that if you view you know, some guys couldn't handle it. Some guys, oh, okay. some guys who were, who were superstars at 15s spend a week with us and they just couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the workload. You know, yeah. it, was just, it was ridiculous. When, when, I, when I tell guys, we used, we used to have four, five, four to five hour sessions straight. I'm not lying to you. Like we used to have four to five hour sessions straight. I'm training. And, and, and the first week was absolutely brutal. But once you get once once the body, the body and the mind is just an amazing thing. But once you get used to it, it becomes a norm. It becomes what you do. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, and you get used to it. And how was it? Oh man, it was it was 
you know, some some of the times of my life were spent in those four years. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, you, 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 I think the, the bigger, besides winning the trophy and all the other stuff, the biggest thing, the biggest learning thing for me, uh, which is, which is, which is to an extent to shape the way I coach and how I coach, um, was a culture we built. Okay. Um, I remember, remember we, 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 um, we did a tour. We went, a, we did a, we did a, we a two week camp in Australia. Uh, a week, we spent a week up in Darwin playing a sevens tournament there, the hottest sevens in the world. And then we came down to Manly for a week. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we had made plans to go into city, into the city in Sydney for a nightlife, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then Paul says, hey, boys, Let's just get together for after dinner. I just want to chat about something. You need it yourself. Oh, look, it's, you know, it's probably half an hour maximum. We'll be out of there. And we, you know, because sitting there, sitting there, everyone comes in, all your dressed to go out. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you spread your cologne <laughs> and everything, yeah. Exactly. No, cologne, what cologne? No, you spread your eggs, my man. <laughs> or you brought the essence of men <laughs> yeah um, uh, so you know we sat there chit-chatting chit-chatting about what we wanted to achieve you know what we you know what is it that you want to achieve and 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 uh, and how we're going to achieve achieve that that goal what step we need to take uh, and you know before we knew it we were six hours into the chat Jeez. Now, let me six hours in the chat, you know. So, from say from seven o'clock, before we knew it, man, it's like one, nearly two o'clock in the morning. And we're just talking and talking and talking what we achieved. And we're in bed, and the next day again, we continued for another four or five hours, just talking, talking. <laughs> and at that time, we didn't realize what we're building, we're building a culture, we're yeah. building something that that will sustain the success we're seeing today of the guys, of the guys that came after us. Yeah. And, and we came up. End of those two days or two day chats, you know, we came up with wanted to be a pioneers of greatness. You want to be, I think it was Mario Skuman actually came out at the time. I was like, huh? Anyways, you want to be a pioneer, <laughs> someone who, someone who, <laughs> someone who, yes, do something that's never been done, you know? And, 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 and those two days probably changed the course of sevens for rugby in South Africa. Because all of a sudden, each and every one of us who was in the room was part of a squad, and, and subsequently the guys that came in, we knew what the standard was. You know, we knew what needed to be done. Uh, how did you work? Or how did you push? And and dare I say, you know, the success you see now was built over those two days. Uh, no disrespect to the people who were there before us, uh, but um, yeah, and and every team that I coach, every team I'm involved in. Well, I'm assistant, I'm a head coach. The first thing I do is we need to understand exactly where we're going. Yeah. And we need to understand exactly how we're going to get there. You know, what steps we're going to get The example I use is like, what do you want to be? Like, if, I, if I ask you as a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? You said to me, I want to be a doctor or lawyer. Okay, cool. What, what steps need you to do to be a doctor? You know, first of all, you need to finish my trick. You know, you need to pass with a certain grade. Uh, 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 I don't know what it is now. 80%, whatever the case may be, you know, then you need to go to university, you need to get a applied university, get a certain university, you do a number of years, and this and this and this, and you become a qualified doctor, or then from there you can become a specialist. So there's always a step into what yeah. you're doing. The same, same as in sport, is that you've got to build, you know, 
brick by brick, layer by layer. Eventually, you know, you build something that's that's sustainable, something that will, you know, will keep churning out talent. As you, again, as you can see, with our servants, you know, we keep, we just keep producing, producing player after player after player. Um, yeah, but that's for me. You know, yeah. with the winnings, with everything that came with that, you know, those two days was, was something that shaped the way I think about coaching, the way I think about, um, about everything actually. You know, until when it comes to sports or comes to rugby specifically, uh, even some of the books that I'm reading, you know, okay. it's all about it's all it's, it's all it's all culture, culture written books. You know, how to pull the culture, uh, and 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 you know, uh, biggest one being, you know, you got you got to know why you're doing stuff. You yeah, know? Um, and and that's if you know why you're doing stuff, then everything else, you know, becomes secondary because you know where you're doing it and uh, you know how to get there. Yeah, it's it's quite incredible. You look at how many of those. Um uh, your your former teammates went on to coaching careers. Of course, Neil Powell yeah. is the current uh, SA7s coach, and he's won back-to-back World uh, Series titles. Um, Zwandile Stick did incredibly well as a junior coach uh, yeah. at Eastern Province Rugby. Shot up, uh, went straight to Springboks, and yeah, he's had he's had he's had his time at, at that level, you know, as as would anybody. Um, and you look at yourselves, Vuyo Zanga. As well, who's yeah. who's who's carving out a, a neat little career for himself. He was obviously um, assistant coach uh, to to Paul Truett at some point. Uh, uh, yeah. do, do you think this uh, that that team um, has the, the the potential, maybe in the long run, to actually uh, influence South African rugby on a coaching perspective? You know how you you get uh, Scott Robertson in in in. in in New Zealand, the Todd Blackadders, like they, they're generational and you see them rise uh, all in tandem and they all believe in, in, in one philosophy. And in that yeah. way, they've made New Zealand rugby as a whole stronger, not just one team. Yes. So, so do you think there's so, potential for so that? What, what do you, oh, definitely there is. So what, what, you, what you, you probably, what I'm exposed to here is, is you must see who runs uh, the Crusaders uh, uh, behind closed door, so the, the behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah same, like teammates of Scott Robinson's, teammates of Top Blackheaders. Yeah. You know, um, guys who, 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 who um, a guy called Angus Gardner, he's the, is the high performance, I know, high performance, what is he? Oh man, I forgot his title now, but he's a guy pulling the strings behind the scenes. You know, and 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 those are guys who understand the culture of of of, of, of Crusaders specifically, and who are there at the foundation stage of the Crusaders. Yeah, uh, what's what's his built on? And I think it, I almost want to say it's almost like a world, uh, like a, a New Zealand wide phenomenon. Okay, and you find a lot of guys, a lot of guys involved in the different unions that have been part and parcel of, of that union, you know, uh, at some stage and, and, and have contributed massively and understand the culture of of, of what's what's you know, what, what is what is required to yeah. be successful at that at that union. Not say not in any way, shape or form saying that you have to apply it for for, for for a side to be you know, to be a 
to be to lead it as a coach or be yeah. the coach or the GM or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's the cases of uh, I think we've got about three or four guys who won World Cups who were never rugby players. I think coaches, you know. So that's yeah. that's another scale to it. But in saying that, all in saying that as well, I, I think I think you know getting people to understand wrestling, for example. I think. He understands the book culture. He's a book, you know. He's yeah. understand. He's probably probably one of probably the smartest coach who Sanford has ever produced. Yeah. In terms of just obviously his, his IP, rugby IP is just is another it's another level. Um. Um. Yeah. There's there's scope for people who have achieved something great and can tend in turn contribute back into you know into into it if that makes sense yeah um at the same time though you know it's got to be obviously it's got to be it's got to be um you know it can't be for self enrichment self enrichment purposes mm. you know you, you gotta have you gotta have that a wider vision of what are you trying to what you're trying to plow back into or into into the game or into the sport or into the community you can't be um uh, a get rich quick scheme. Yeah, no yeah. Word, you know, it's like, it needs look, to I'm, be authentic. I'm giving back because this is what this game did for me. Um, one of the things actually that 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 that, that um, that's happening here is that as a club, you you have to have a team, a first team and a second team, uh, and some clubs around don't have a first team, so they have a second team, so they play in the, in the Div Two league. Uh, and there was there was a vote recently or a couple of years ago, but now it's came up again that those clubs should be should be shut down because unless they get a deal one side, they should be shut down. And that was also my opinion. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm new here. So, you know? <laughs> um, but but the first thing that came to to me, you know, my my, my gut in my gut response to it was, look, what about the community? Yeah, you know, because you shut you shut the club down. Whatever is the community, you know, the club. I don't know. The, I don't even know how long the clubs have been in the community. You know, what are the people who put their heart and soul in that community? Show that that they, they is rugby. They enjoy rugby. They love rugby. The people who go there and watch every weekend. It's rugby. You know, so so you know. I, I understand rugby's pro now, and there's lots of money involved and sponsorship and stuff. You know, but still, there's always an element that you know you dealing with people. Yeah, and 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 you know you deal with communities, and you uh, as hard as it is, you must always put that to, you know ahead of whatever ahead of the other stuff. I think I think you know uh, uh, one of the things I I learned last year specifically um, was that was that people I think it's Maya Angelou said this said that uh, people always. Will forget what you say. Um, people will forget what you made us do, but never forget how you made them feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and right there, then I was going through some rough, not a rough time, but a, a very interesting time of my UCT, at UCT at the time. And and that and that and that and that thing came up, and I was like, holy shit! My whole coaching philosophy was has been based around that. Yeah, but it wasn't as specific as as that, and I was like, "Poof!" Oh, philosophy! Where you go? You come in your philosophy. Yeah, and um, yeah. So in saying all of that, I think I think it, you know definitely there's scope and room for, for guys who've been in in, in the successful cultures to cultures to implement to plow back and to whether it be SRB or whatever. But the key is, uh, is that, you know, is obviously you know to understand 
you have a vision what the vision is. Yeah. You know, we, we're trying to grow the game. We're trying to get more players to come play and it's about the people. Um, how have you found the cultural vibe there? You know, how, how, how are the race relations? How are, how's, how's the culture? What's it like? Um, <laughs> Look, it's, it's very, uh, it's very well. I think first thing is very multicultural because yeah. in the sense that you get Fijians, you get Samoans, you get Tongans, yeah. you get obviously New Zealanders, Maoris, you get um, um, you get a lot of lot of a, a few uh, Asians as well. Yeah. So it's very multicultural. One of one of the interesting things that I, that I um, I encountered when I first got here is that um, on my desk I found I found um, how to deal uh, a little booklet. Yeah. On how to deal, how to deal with, um, with the, especially the Pacifica players. Yeah. The Islanders, which, which is very interesting because they're very, they're very, um, uh, they're very quiet and reserved and respectful people. People, you know, they don't say much. You know, and it's very hard to get to get anything out of them. <laughs> and that's one of my that's one of my struggles as well at the moment. Is like, cause I, my club is full of. Um, is, is largely made up, largely made up of, of, of um, um, Tongans, Samoans, and Fijians, yeah. and Maori boys. Yeah, and and, and I was even then it depends if, if if you if you a guy from actually from the islands you know who just came up here, it's very different from guys sort of been here for a couple of years from oh, school here. Oh, second generation or, or makes, yeah. difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but because they're very, very quiet. So, anyway. This book lesson kind of gave me an, an idea, or gave me sort of like um, um, a front football, per se, like I put a word, in terms of understanding these guys, who yeah. they are, and what makes them tick. And I, and I remember thinking, I was like, hey, at home, at home, we have eleven ethnic groups, uh, but it seems to think, it seems, to, it seems like you know, there's nothing about, there's nothing that caters for me as a person as a born though. Okay. Into the system, into yeah. the system. So I, I have to toe the line, basically, or get in, get in line, which, which, which I did all my career, basically, because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't care for much, to be honest. But I found it was very interesting, the fact that they, they, they're mindful enough to realize that, look, we're dealing with different people here who have different backgrounds and different religions, different beliefs. Yet they're, good, right? they're great rugby players. But uh, uh, in order for them, let's find ways to get the best out of them. Uh, so one of those ways we're gonna go learn about them, their culture, uh, what makes them ticks, uh, what makes them angry, what makes them happy. You know, yeah. what opens them up? How do you make them feel? How, you know, how do you how how do you make them feel comfortable? Open yeah. up and stuff like that. Every day is a learning day. And that's and that, that's that's a good thing about it. Uh, like any other job, it's got its frustrations sometimes, yeah. you know. But you, uh, even even bad days are good days, as 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 Peter uh, Bless used to say. Yeah, yeah, so we thought he was crazy when he said that. Because learning. Because all is learning. No, fabulous Thank stuff. You, Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. No worries. Cheers, man. Cheers. Great day. All right. Cheers, man. That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, wherever. 
To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Mchana Ntloko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>